That was fun. That was good. Let's give it up to the worship band. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, I've got an agenda today. My agenda is to get you out on time to see your football game or whatever you have going on, eat your food. Um, but the, the reason I have that agenda is because uh, I know that you will miss all the food, all the football game, for the greatest pur greater purpose of what Christ is doing in your house, at your meal. You'll miss eating because you gotta help somebody mend a heart. You'll miss the game because you gotta help somebody fix their life. You'll miss whatever is happening because Jesus is working in wherever you're at. And so that's my agenda, get you out of here, go do God's work, cool? All right, so uh, with that, we're gonna dive right in. Luke chapter 24, verse 35, we'll be in Luke, 24 today, so you don't have to turn anywhere else in your Bibles. Otherwise, it's all up on the screen. But 35 starts off this way. It says, Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. Isn't it funny how sometimes when we're walking in our journey, we don't recognize the guy who's walking with us until something happens that we're familiar with? It's like, oh, all of a sudden, he blessed me. Yay, I'm so excited because he, he blessed me. I recognize the blessing, but I don't recognize the blessing in the pain. I recognize the blessing when I'm filling my stomach, but I don't recognize the blessing as I'm walking through my journey. I recognize it as soon as I sit down, but man, he is talking to me the whole time I'm walking, and I just don't recognize it. That's the God we serve. The God we serve is the God who comes in and says, you know what, I'm not just going to let you recognize who I am, even at the dinner table, but I'll let you recognize through the pain. And this is what Jesus really wants. We're going to get into that today. What he wants. Man, there's something he wants? I thought he was just here to give me everything. Uh, sorry. Sorry to be disappointment, but God wants you. Sorry, I pointed at somebody. God wants you. It's the open hand. I pointed at everybody. God wants us. Jesus wants us. It goes on, verse 36. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. I got to explain this real quick because the Bible is full of crazy stories and this is one of them crazy stories because the doors are locked, the windows are shut, like no one's getting in, right? They're having dinner, all of a sudden he shows up and he's like, I just picture it, they're all kind of focused on each other and he just shows up, he's like, peace be with you. They're like, whoa, what is that? And then they see it and it's Jesus. It's this friend of theirs. They recognize him, right? It's like one of those stories that you see in a movie. It's like all of a sudden something happens. I think a lot of times in our life, I feel like this is something I have to address today. A lot of times in our life, we relate it to the movies because movies aren't real. We relate this Bible to the movies because movies aren't real. But I have a theory. You know how J.R.R. Tolkien wrote The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and he inspired that new one. What is it? Power of the Ring? Rings of Power. Thank you. I'm always, I don't have dyslexia, but I think sometimes I do. You know? Like, I read words backwards. But 
I believe God was able to give him a vision of what was happening in those books, that he was able to write it down as he saw it. And it's the same thing. Stephen King, how many of y'all like his books? Raise a hand. I don't, but um, I, know, I know a story about Stephen King. Stephen King spent some time at a, at a hotel called uh, the Stanley in Estes Park. He went and visited it. And he was inspired through that stay to write a book called The Shining. I don't believe he just wrote that book because of inspiration. I believe he was tormented at that stay. Because you don't write about things you don't know. Even though it might have the word fiction in front of it, something happened in the spiritual realm. We have to recognize things that are happening around us even when it seems too crazy to be true. Even when it seems too nuts to be anything but a movie. And right now, in this Bible, in this word that Luke writes about, he writes about this man all of a sudden appearing in a locked room. You don't just write about something when it doesn't happen. Something has happened in your mind. Something has happened spiritually. Something has happened in real life. And so I want to I wanna acknowledge that right now, that what we read about in the Bible happened. What we read about in the Word of God happened. That Jesus all of a sudden showed up. And so right now, before we even dive into this scripture even more, I want to take us to a point where we imagine that Jesus is going to appear right next to us, right now, as if we're in a totally different room, and he's about to bring upon a lot of revelation, and you thought he was dead. You thought he was gone. You thought he had disappeared. Like you thought he wasn't talking to you. You're going to sit there and say, Lord, I want you to come. I want you to sit right next to me, because it's when you sit next to me, I recognize who you are. See, Jesus called on us to be recognizers of who he is and it, that he's right there with us, even when we don't see him. So as we dive in, I want you to think about Jesus being right next to you this morning. Even when it hurts, he's right next to you. Even when, care, when it doesn't seem like he cares, he's right next to you. He will be your strength when you don't feel it. He will be your love. He will be your care when you don't feel it. He's got you. He's got you. Luke 24, verse 38. Jesus says, Why are you frightened? Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that, that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief. Filled with joy and wonder, they asked him. He, then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he ate it as they watched. You know, we, we talk about Halloween. Halloween's like one of my favorite holidays, okay? And the reason it's my favorite is because it's something that I feel like you got to take back. A lot of us say, oh, Halloween started because of this over here, this devil and this nasty, and the reality is, is Halloween actually started All Hallows' Eve, where they went out and they prayed and they fought off 
the evil spirits. They were there to push them out of the way. So they are pushing them back. I want to take back Halloween. I want to be pushers of the, of the spiritual realm. I'm like, I'm, uh-uh. No, get off me, devil. Get off my friends, devil. Get away from me. I'm talking about the spiritual realm today. I'm talking about real life today. And I'm talking about how we can be warriors that say, not today. Jesus has called us into a certain area in our life. And what I find from this scripture is that Jesus wants to eat with you in a broken state. When you're feeling all the pressures of the world and and even invisible pressures, Jesus is saying, will you eat with me? Will you be with me? Will you sit with me? Can I be bold? Half the time I don't want to. Okay, that's, that's an understatement, right? Like half the time. It's like 98.9% of the time, I don't want to sit with you, Jesus, because I'm afraid you're going to re-break what's been broken and I thought was healed. Like 98% of the time, I'm sitting there going, Lord, I, I don't want to be broken again to be made right because all of those pains and all of those emotions are going to come up. Lord, I don't want to face the spiritual realm because I can't see it. And all he says to me is, do you trust me? And 98% of the time I'm sitting there going, no. We can't be those people. We can't be those people. We got to trust him completely. And there are going to be moments in our life where we don't. And he'll fix that. Unfortunately, it'll probably come through you having to be broken. Me having to be broken. Because God wants to eat with you. So often, we... We go through this life thinking the Bible or thinking life is kind of like a movie. And so we have all this doubt. Our culture has created doubt. Because we think, oh, that's the Bible. I mean, it is a show. Right, Jared? The Chosen. I mean, we had a conversation. It's inside joke. Let's let it stay inside. Um, but, but... Do you hear me? Like culture has said, this is so movie real that it's going to be movie. It's not actually real. It's fiction. Get it out of your mind. It's fake. I tell my son all the time, you know this is fiction. It's fake. Is it though? Because it probably happened to someone. That's my theory, right? It's probably happened to someone somehow. And Jesus, Jesus even tells us in this scripture, like, you doubt. I can remember a story in the Bible where Thomas doubted. Thomas even doubted. But he still let him eat with him. Even though we're doubters, Jesus still wants to eat with us. Even though we are who we are, he still wants to eat with us. And Jesus wants to prove to you his realness. And sometimes it's just by eating with him. Lord, I just want to eat with you. Luke 24, verse 44 states this. I know that's right. Verse 44, then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. Y'all ever wonder why I say, hey, Lord, I pray that you would let our minds understand. This is it. Lord, I want you to open all our minds so we can understand your word. I want to understand it. As I'm up here, I hope the Lord gives me a fresh revelation to understand his word more. And I hope you see that 
that happened randomly, like, oh, yeah, wow, Lord, thanks for letting me see that today. I was supposed to write that down three weeks ago, you know. But he says, hey, we have to all understand the scriptures. Verse 46 goes on, and he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and raise from the dead, rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that the message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations being in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are my, you are all these things. You are my, sorry, you are witnesses of all these things. Man, reading is hard. Reading is hard. Jesus wants to teach us right now in our brokenness. He wants to eat with us and he wants to teach us. In this scripture, he's asking for food. He's saying, hey, guess what? I'm not a ghost. I have a body. Eat food. How many of y'all thought ghosts were fake? Okay, that's good because it's right here. It says ghosts are real. They don't have a body. It's right there in scripture. And at times, even in our brokenness, when Jesus says, hey, I want to teach you, we think, I'm broken. What good am I? I'm broken. What good am I? Why would you want to teach a broken vessel? Well, he reached out to you and said, hey, I want to make you whole. Hey, I reached out to you and I said, I want, I want to see you come from brokenness to wholeness. Hey, I reached out. Jesus is that guy who said, you know what? I found you where you were and I'll always be where you are. Like, I want you to be whole even when you can't feel the potential of wholeness. I want you to know who I am. And I'm here to say, you are broken, but you are not worthless. I think that's important that we understand, like, Jesus not only wants to eat with us and teach us in our brokenness, but he wants us to realize how broken we are without him and how much we need him, but also that he chose you because you're not worthless. You have a potential in front of you that God wants to unravel before your eyes. Whose eyes? Mine? No, yours. He has a promise for you that he wants to take you through. What you got to do is step forward in that. What I love about Stephen Furtick is one phrase that he said. I love a lot of things about him. But, um, Stephen Furtick said, the presence of God is absolute. And this, right after this next statement, you're going to turn me off. But his promises are optional. How far are you willing to take that promise? How far are you willing to take the potential God wants to give you? How far are we willing to take this brokenness that we are to the wholeness he's called us into? How far are we willing to take these promises, this redemptive work, this truth called the Bible, and make it a reality in our lives that we don't only live by, but we proclaim? Like, oh, I'm going to go home and live by it, and you'll be loud as all get out at home. But when we step out the doors, it's like, I don't know. God's calling for us to be the, the banner of his life. You are his children, but you are also the proclamation. You are the proof that the pudding is real. And it's Jesus pudding. It, it's like chocolate, but better. Jesus loves you enough to tell you that I want to teach you in your brokenness. How many people hated school? Thank you. Praise the Lord for you. 
this is all your saved people. Um, just kidding. Totally a joke. But school was hard. And Jesus is sitting there going, you will be a forever learner. But God, I don't want to write a paper. I won't make you write a paper, okay? But you've got to read a book, you know? And then all of a sudden, I find myself writing papers. Like, but Lord, you said. He said, I wouldn't make you. You chose that. It's because he freed me from my brokenness that I was able to write the paper and I wanted to. It's because he chose, he, he, he allowed me to go through my stupidity to, be, to find his intelligence. Like, if you're walking around with him and you say, well, the Lord will give you his word, then you need to rely on his intelligence to give you the words because half the time when I said that, younger, when I was the guy that was like, I don't know what to say, the Lord said, yeah, but I do. And I'd go, but I don't know you. And I wouldn't say anything. Jesus is saying, I want to teach you what it means to put your faith in me, your trust in me. In your brokenness, I want to teach you these things. How many of us are willing to give up what we don't know for what he knows in our brokenness? Like, this is an important part. You don't understand. I have five lines written down here, and I've talked more about this than the place that I had 30 lines written. Because Jesus wants to say something to us today that he wants to teach us when we feel worthless. He wants to teach us when we feel like we're penniless. He wants to teach us when we're at the, the bottom of the pit. He wants to teach us when we found our basement to our what, sober soldier? Yeah. He wants to teach us when we found our basement to our rock bottom. It's because when we find our basement that God wants to reveal his wholeness. He wants, to, he wants to show you the truth that we walked away from time and time again. Yeah, you're welcome. I like that phrase. When I found out my basement had a rock, or my rock bottom had a basement, I found out my basement had a rock bottom, okay? When my head hit it. Um, We're going to continue. Luke 24, 49. And now, this is important. Out of everything that you get, you need to get this. And now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my Father promised. Jesus walked the promise through. Check it out. But stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with the power from heaven. When we are broken, he wants to promise you partnership. When we are broken, he wants to eat with us. When we are broken, he wants to teach us. And when we are broken, he's promised us partnership in the Holy Spirit. When we feel alone, we have to realize, Holy Spirit, come be with me. Fill me up. Make me feel like I am more powerful alone with you than I am alone by myself. Because I've recognized who you are. Oftentimes we forget Holy Spirit is real. He has a name. He's right there. He's right beside you. You are not alone. Jesus visits us in our brokenness. He teaches us. He eats with us. And he shares our journey with us through the Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the band come up. Because he met the disciples in that upper room right where they were. He met them right where they were. He wants to meet you right where you're at. Remember at the beginning of the message I said, Hey, now picture that Jesus is just showing up right next to you. It wasn't just a thing I was saying because I was meaning it. Some of us need Jesus to show up right next to us this morning. 
We need him to eat with us this evening. We need him to, to partner with us today. We need him to teach us today. And we're grasping at it, but we don't know how to start. The Bible says that God delights in the small beginnings of things. He doesn't say he delights in the success of things. He says he's, he delights in the small beginnings. Today, I want to give an opportunity. If you're hurting, if you're broken, if you are crushed and you feel like you can't stand, if you're sitting there saying, I'm broken, but I don't even know how to begin being taught, I'm broken, but I don't even know how to begin partnership with the Holy Spirit. If I'm broken and I don't know how to even be, he's calling you. He's putting it all out there. And all he's asking is, will you put it all out there for me today? Will you give me every single bit? Your friends who are broken, your friends who are sick, your relatives who are in the hospital, truth 